Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. I am Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Now, Gian, we've had a little bit of fun, fun trash talking uh, in a foot race. You know, you would always uh, destroy me back in the day. But uh, I just have to admit, if we were playing a, a three-point contest or maybe a, a slam dunk contest on a six-foot rim, I think I am taking you down. Chad, I think you would even win a layup contest. That's how bad I am in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe I, I have that to, to thank Coach Gary Tidwell, my freshman basketball coach, and he is our guest today. Um, Chad, after listening to this interview, um, and I hope the, the listeners will enjoy as much as I did, um, but the quote from Billy Graham came to my mind right away that a coach will impact more people in one year than the average person will in an entire lifetime. And that's coming from one of the greatest um, Christian leaders of our time um, and listening to that you could just see how much he cared about his athletes and he still cares about you even after all these years after you've left I just love that quote and uh, you know it's very special for coach Tidwell to be on this interview here with with me today um, because he helped impact me and uh you know, a little bit about Coach Tidwell, if you don't know him, he spent 15 years as a high school head basketball coach. And in the past four years, he's been at Bismarck Canning High School there up in Illinois, and he's 96 and 29 there. And last year in 2020, he was 34 and one leading his team to the elite eight. Um, but more importantly than the, than the wins and the records is that he's been the light there at, at Danville High School. And, um, where he, he teaches and, um, you know, I've seen him, you know, minister and, and share the gospel with, with other teachers there. And he's really tried hard to, to be the light uh, there in, in a place that needs it. And I'm really proud that he was my coach and to continue this conversation. I really think it's a special interview that coach, you, you're really gonna enjoy. And we're ready to get into it right now. Coach Tidwell, it's a pleasure to have you on the Christian Coach Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time, and uh, we're just excited to, to hear from you. And you're not just the Christian Coach, you were my Christian Coach. And I don't know if you, you know much, but I became a Christian age 13 and uh, got thrown to, to Danville High School under your coaching at age 14. Um, but just want to ask our leadoff question of what does it mean to you to be a Christian Coach? Well, thanks for having me, Chad. It's always a privilege to be able to talk, uh, you know, your faith uh, with other people and like-minded people. But um, yeah, that's a great, great question. And ultimately, as a Christian, I think um, we all want to reflect Jesus Christ. You know, he's our, he's our ultimate role model, and we're called to be an ambassador uh, for him. And as a, as a coach, um, you know, you want to reflect those qualities with your, with your athletes. Uh, you want them to see Christ in you. I know that uh, that's that's hard to do at times because we're we're carnal beings. But um, you know, when I when I think about you know coaching, I've asked myself this question over the years. You know, how how would Jesus handle this situation if he was if he was uh, where I'm at? You know, and obviously we have God dwelling in us through the through the Holy Spirit. So He promises that He'll never leave us or forsake us. So no, no matter what challenge or circumstance we're going through or, or situation, you know, he's, he's right there with us. And uh, the, the, good, the, the thing I like to look 
at it is from this angle is that um, you know I've also thought well what what would Christ's personality be you know because sometimes I think we get caught up and you know not having the right personality or you know having some flaws when it comes to handling different situations or different kids and you know I just feel like the Lord led to me you know just just walk in the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long suffering goodness meekness self control and so I think if we if we do that you know, then I, I think we're pleasing him, and I think uh, he's glorified uh, through through our coaching. And can you tell me uh, your story of coming to faith in, in Jesus? Yeah, I was um, 15 years old when I placed my uh, trust in Jesus Christ. Um, I grew up um, in a broken home. My mom and dad divorced uh, when I was young. Um, I went to church from time to time with my grandma. We lived right next door to her. So she dragged me to a, to a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church from time to time. So I heard the gospel, uh, then, um, but never really, uh, followed through with it. And then, uh, when I was 14 years old, uh, my mom and stepdad divorced. My stepdad was a basketball coach and I had grown, grown pretty close to him and, uh, just, uh, shattered my world you know, when that, uh, when that happened. And we lived in Illinois at the time. And uh, my mom, uh, after the divorce, uh, ended up taking me with her back to Tennessee. And I was just depressed. I was miserable. You know, and I uh, missed my friends. I missed my stepdad. Uh, it was right in the fall at the beginning of the school year. So I was looking forward to the basketball season. And so it was really a tough time. And, and uh, you know, we enrolled uh, there in Tennessee at a bigger school than I was used to. And so I was just out of place. And uh, I can just remember uh, one night uh, before I was going to bed, I just got on my knees and I prayed and I said, you know, Lord, if, if you are real, um, if you are the one true God, I just, I just pray that you bring my mom and stepdad back together. At that time we were, I was in freshman uh, history class and we were studying world religions. And, um, and so I can remember specifically praying, Lord, if you're the God of Buddha, you know, the God of uh, uh, the Muslim God or, you know, the God of Christianity, what, whatever God you are that we're studying here in class, just reveal yourself to me. And if you do, I, I promise I'll follow you. And uh, so a couple months later, I noticed my mom and stepdad began to communicate again. And to make a long story short, they ended up uh, reuniting and getting getting married, remarried. And, uh, and so that really stood out to me. And then they started to attend a church. And then uh, a year later, um, I was attending a, a, a Sunday school class and my Sunday school teacher took over for the pastor who was on vacation for a bit and he gave the gospel message and I came forward and accepted Christ as my personal savior when I was 15. Powerful. That's uh, awesome to hear. Really encouraging to hear uh, how God works and and answered that prayer for you. Um, and then connect the dots though, from, from that time in high school through, through college, how did you, um, did you always know that you wanted to be a basketball coach? Yeah. Basketball has always been a passion. Like I said, my stepdad was a, was a successful coach, you know, when I was a sophomore in high school, after they uh, remarried, we ended up winning the state title, the class, class, a state title there at Pana high school in 1988. And I was the starting point guard as a sophomore. And then my stepdad took another position at Prairie Central, um, just south of Pontiac, Illinois. And we were there for two years. And 
and uh, made a state run again. We finished third uh, my junior year, second my senior year. So I, I love basketball. It was a, it was a, just a huge passion of mine and had a desire to play at the college level and ended up at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A. And um, yeah, just always knew that I wanted to, wanted to coach. Uh, my older brother was a football coach. So, you know, coaching was part of the family pedigree, I guess. And uh, just wanted to be around it. I wanted to stay close to the game and just try to use basketball as a platform to be a positive influence in kids' lives and, and to, to be a testimony for Christ. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's where I'm at. And you, you were that, that to me. I don't know. Um, you were probably the first um, person other than a pastor that I had met that, um, that loved Jesus and took their faith into the workplace um, there for me at age 13, 14. So um, really special. And, and for me to play for you, you were an unbelievable coach. Um, so disciplined in your practice plans, uh, passionate on the sidelines. I respected you a whole lot. One of the best coaches I've ever been around, honestly. And uh, I know you were, you were a freshman coach there when I played for you. And you were there for a few years before you got that first head coaching job. What was that weight like? Um, as you were preparing to be a head coach uh, there at the high school level? Well, Chad, I appreciate those compliments that you gave me, and I, I can say that the feeling was mutual as you are one of the better uh, athletes that I've ever, ever coached, and uh, I really mean that. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that our paths crossed for sure. But, uh, yeah, I always had a desire to, you know, to be a head coach. I felt with my knowledge, you know, as a player and my pedigree, you know, growing up in a coaching family that I was ready uh, to coach right away. And uh, I was able to get that opportunity my first year out of college at uh, Villa Grove High School. I coached there for one year. They didn't have a, a teaching position for me, so I was just the, the head coach. And then uh, ended up going to Decatur St. Teresa for three years, a private school, Catholic private school. And they did have a teaching position. So that's one of the things that drew me, drew me to that location. And then uh, just wasn't at peace uh, with that particular coaching uh, role at the time. And, uh, you know, so I applied for various jobs in, in Illinois and landed the job at Danville as an assistant. And uh, so I was the assistant there for seven years and then uh, became the head coach for six. But, uh, you know, when I came in my first year at Danville, I felt like, you know, I was head coach material. And uh, but I'm glad I had that opportunity to be an assistant because I learned, you know, some you know, some different approaches uh, to coaching in the game and and uh, just look forward to, you know, being the head coach one day. And that and that did happen a few uh, short years later. And uh, so I was at 13 years total at Danville as a coach, you know, and um, but again, I just felt like the Lord was calling me uh, to a different location. At that time, I had three little boys and I wasn't spending a whole lot of time with them. And we were on the road a lot, you know, with the conference that we were in. So I ended up uh, resigning and um, and then ended up uh, coaching at uh, Slarman High School for one year. And it was local. Um, a little bit less intense schedule. Um, but again, I resigned after that first year. Uh, just there were some challenges there as well. And just decided to be at home, stay at home more with the kids, coach my kids' teams, which I did. I became a certified official for three years. And then I just felt an itch to get back into coaching. And so I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, if this is your will, if this is what you want me to do, I pray that you open the door for me. I don't want to go seeking a job. 
I want, I want this next job to contact me if it be your will. And then a couple of months later, the superintendent uh, called me and said, hey, we've got a job opening. We'd love for you to interview for that. And so that was an open door, you know, mm-hmm. from the Lord and uh, went through it. And I've had a very successful uh, campaign so far in the last four years at Bismarck. And our family's there now. And, and uh, it's just a great opportunity for us. Uh, you guys are doing an unbelievable job uh, there. And my dad keeps me up to date um, on your guys' success. And we're rooting from you for you from a distance. But what did you learn uh, from your stops there at Danville, at Shalarman? And even I, I read that you had a year there as a ref. But what did you learn in that time that you're implementing now into this program? Well, I think at that particular time, I just had a... Um, just a transformation just in my perspective and my relationship with, with God, to be honest with you. I, I think at that time, uh, my passion for basketball was com- competing uh, with my relationship with God. I mean, I, I was a born again believer. I, uh, you know, trusted the Lord. I had faith. I, you know, had boldness in proclaiming um, truth and, and the gospel but I spent a lot of time with basketball <laughs> and that was always on my mind. And, and so that's always what I wanted to do. And so when I resigned, um, you know, to stay home and coach my boys and to officiate, I was just like, you know, this is something that's new. I've not, didn't even plan on this. I had a, you know, personality, uh, shift, you know, and, uh, wasn't sure how to act. And it was during that time that I think the Lord just completely transformed me and, and just, help me to to see that you know i've got a new identity i'm not no longer gary tidwell the basketball coach but i'm I'm gary tidwell uh the christian and um and so i began to see myself uh, from his perspective and i was able to draw closer in my walk with him and understand his his grace and and love a little bit more and um, i think it transformed me as a coach and i would say that that probably made the made the biggest difference and so I think when you when you love something so much you know if you're willing to give it to the Lord and to give it up because you put him first and I think um, I think that shows where your heart's at and I think he rewards that was there was there one moment um that you started to realize that or was it kind of a process of um of realizing basketball has been been my idol well, I think uh, it just wasn't giving me happiness, you know, or joy or contentment, you know, because I was never satisfied, you know, no matter how many games we won or how well the, the team played, I felt like there was always more that I could uh, try to attain or try to aspire. And, you know, the coaching jobs that I was at at the time, there was a lot of challenges that were that were going around as well. And, um, you know, other than just you know, practices or games. And so that was a stressful time. Um, so I think um, just overcoming some of those uh, challenges made me a better coach, but it made me uh, want to seek Christ more and to get him more involved. And, um, and boy, did he ever, you know, and uh, so I'm just, I'm grateful for that, uh, those tough times during some of those years. And, and like I said, I think he transformed me and, and uh, made me realize that my relationship with him is more important than anything. Do you think that you were able to experience that, that joy and satisfaction the first three years at Bismarck? And, and I think one difficult thing for, for Christians is not just overcoming the, the adversity, but also overcoming the success 
you guys were sitting 34 and 0 in the Elite Eight last March. And um, were you able to to keep that steady mindset on my identity is in Christ? It's not in being a, an amazing basketball coach of this team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, like I said, I, I saw the opportunity at Bismarck as an open door from the Lord. And, um, you know, I remember at that time I, I had never won a regional championship. And, uh, you know, so I was, I was really struggling with that. And my first year at Bismarck, uh, you know, we hosted a regional. And, um, you know, in the semifinal game, we were down 19 at halftime. You know, and, and that's the thing is, is normally in the past – you know, I always um, viewed my worth as a person or as a coach by wins and losses. You know, if we lost a game, you know, I was devastated. You know, I wasn't a very good coach. You know, <laughs> I had these issues that I needed to work out. And so uh, it was kind of a depressing time, really. And if you won, you're always on a high. You know, yeah, I did a pretty good job. This was me. And But, you know, that particular year, we were down at 19 at halftime, and there was pressure to – to win because we were hosting the tournament and here's this new guy coming in, you know, and, um, you know, so we were down at 19 at halftime and I just had a perfect calm and peace about the situation. So we just went over some strategy. We came out and we ended up winning by like 21 points uh-huh. and it was just a, it was a major turnaround. And then going into the next night for the championship game, uh, I just prayed to the Lord. I just began to, to praise them and just thank them for the opportunity and just communicate, you know what, Lord, win or lose. I'm just, grateful that you gave me the opportunity to coach and I just uh pray that you get glorified either way and and uh again just a peace came over me that you know you're going to be all right you know this is the right perspective to have and just from that point on that's that's kind of the way that I viewed it you know I like to win you know obviously but you know it's not the end of the world you know if you if you lose you can learn from it but the most important thing is is you know are they seeing Christ in me you know, and um, and that's that's pretty much been my takeaway from it. And this last year, one of your star players was your son, and obviously for you to be playing for your stepfather uh, as a player and now coaching your son, what are some keys as a Christian coach to um, keep your relationship strong with with your child? Well, to be honest with you, this has been one of the the most challenging. Uh, experiences that I, that I've ever had. You know, I've always wanted my um, sons to play for me. You know, so we could share that passion and that interest. But with that comes high expectations. You know, and you've got to put the dad cap off and put on the put on the coach hat. You know, and that that can be tough. That can be real tough. And um, so that's kind of been a been a challenging situation, really. And um, it's caused some some tension. Um, obviously with, with, with my son and, and even my wife, and I'm sure there's other, uh, coaches that uh, can kind of relate to that. But, um, in the end, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, to coach my kids and, you know, to be able to, uh, go to the gym with them and to work out and, and, uh, just to, uh, work hard and compete and to, you know, have fun in the process and, and just to share those successes and failures together. You know, and I think the the hard part in my situation is, you know, I had a lot of success in in school, you know, in high school and college. And so it's really hard for your kids to live up to that expectation. And they've got all this pressure from their peers and, you know, from the adults and the parents sitting in the stands. And, you know, it's really, really tough for them. But um, but it's an experience that I definitely wouldn't wouldn't trade. 
And I don't know if you remember this conversation, but um, you know, I, I came from a, a divorced family as well. And we were sitting in the back of the bus uh, there my freshman year. And I remember speaking with you about um, biblical marriage. And uh, as you talk about your relationship with your kids and your wife, I just wondered if, if you have any um, pieces of advice for other coaches um, to, to maintain a healthy marriage through the coaching grind. Well, yeah, first off, I would, I would just say, make sure, you know, your relationship uh, with the Lord is, is solid and, and, and the most important, um, you know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, God, God is for life, you know, um, Satan is, is for death. And uh, so uh, everything um, that we experience in life with the different relationships, it should be uh, to glorify God in the process. And, you know, I, I remember I had a, a close friend of mine that gave me some biblical uh, counseling before I got married. And, he, you know, he, he kind of gave the triangle and, you know, said, you know, put, put God at the top of that triangle, you know, you on, on the bottom, bottom right, your wife on the bottom left. And as you two began to draw closer to the Lord, you draw closer to one another. And uh, I never, never, never will forget, forget that. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of truth in that, but um, you know, I know early on in my career, I think uh, my wife struggled again with my passion and she felt like coaching was, you know, a competition with her. And uh, you know, so I would just say, you know, God is first, you know, your wife, your relationship with your wife is, is second, then your kids and, and then your profession, you know, don't, uh, don't put your profession above God or your, or your family. And how, how do you seek God first in your life? Well, I just, uh, just like any other relationship that's important, you want to, you want to spend time uh, with that person. And so obviously in this situation as a Christian, you want to spend time with your creator and your Lord. And so I just uh, try to carve out some quiet time uh, each day. I prefer to do that in the mornings. Uh, you know, unless I'm, I'm up real late or I get back real late from a trip, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I may sleep in a little bit if that's the case. I just, you know, try to find, you know, some other time throughout the day. I don't think it really matters uh, what time it is, you know, but I just try to have God's word on my mind throughout the day. And, and uh, so if I can, if I can just make it a goal to be in the word daily, you know, I think, um, you know, I think that's, that's being successful you know, and allowing God to plant those seeds in your heart and, and to work and to meditate on those, those scriptures. I'm also involved in some, some Bible study opportunities. Uh, there's a close friend of mine. We meet once a week and uh, do a Bible study uh, together and pray. Uh, so we do that, uh, like I said, once a week. And then once a week, I'm in a, uh, a men's uh, breakfast on a Sunday morning. It's actually at a, at a Methodist church there in Rossville. I had a, a friend of mine invited me to breakfast one time. So and uh, so I've been going there now for the last couple months, you know, we just, uh, we have breakfast together. We, then we read a chapter, uh, two or three, depending on the time uh, of a particular book and talk about it and pray. And so, you know, those are just uh, great opportunities to grow in your relationship with the Lord and also encourage other people. And then of course, just the regular church services that you have on Sunday morning. Um, and then Sunday, Sunday night, um, you know, and then Wednesday night prayer service we have at our church. So, yeah, just, again, seeking God first, putting him above everything else and just, uh, 
you know, resting in his love and resting in, in his encouragement from, from the word, from the word of God. Uh, as I was uh, Google searching Gary Tidwell, I came across an article and it said, uh, had an interview for you. Uh, if I wasn't a coach, I would be dot, 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 a preacher. And it says, I really enjoy sharing the good news of the gospel with other people. Just want to ask, um, can you, can you share? Cause I think a lot of coaches and Christians in general just struggle with what is the gospel. Can you share, um, briefly if you're going to lead somebody to the Lord, how would you say this is what the gospel is? Well, in a nutshell, the gospel is the good news, you know, and when you, when you break that down, uh, even more, I think in the, in the Greek of the day, it's, it's nearly too good to be true news. And so when you look at the, the ministry life of Jesus Christ, that that's what he was about. You know, he was about life. He was about setting, setting the captives free, you know, healing the sick, healing the blind, you know, proclaiming the good news and proclaiming truth. And, um, you know, so that, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. And, and I think a good way to, to look at it is, is that Jesus Christ traded my sin for his righteousness, you know. And so that's a gift. You know, it's not something that I have to earn um, or, or try to, to merit myself, you know, through my actions. It's, it's a gift from God by his grace. And Jesus did all the work. You know, so we can we can live at peace um, with God, our creator, uh, because of his son, Jesus Christ. And we're in a new covenant relationship with with him. And the Bible says that in him in Jesus, uh, all the promises of God are yes and amen. So we've got uh, quite the inheritance uh, through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, he has. uh the Bible says an abundant life uh, for us. And no matter what we're going through, the, you know, the Bible says all things work together for good to those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. You know, so if we love God and we're walking um, in fellowship with him and we have a desire to please him and we're in, in, in his word and, and growing from that, you know, I think, um, you know, you're going to be at, you're going to be at peace with no matter what situation you're in. But um you know, there's nothing more important than our uh, eternal destination. And so what I communicate to people a lot of times is, you know, if you die tonight, are you 100% sure if you would go to heaven? You know, eternity is a long time, you know, so that's that's something that we don't want to miss. We want to make sure we get that one right. And, uh, you know, so the Bible is clear on, on what that is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to the Father except through the Son, and, um, and that's through uh, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, if we uh, place our faith in him, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And it's that simple. For by grace are you saved, and it's through, through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that anyone can, can boast. It's a, it's a gift of God. And so I explain to people, it's just like Christmas time, you know. On Christmas morning, you're excited to open those gifts. You know, and you don't, you don't pay for it. You don't earn it. It's just, it's freely given, you know, and when it comes to salvation, you know, God has freely given us salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that he who has the son has life. Um, and so that's, uh, that's the key, key thing right there. Do you have, do you have Christ and you can receive him simply by faith. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, 
for talk to the younger coach, maybe he's 23, 24 starting out at a public school and uh, he's a Christian and, and he feels he can't be himself. He can't share um, his faith freely. Um, can you talk to that, that, that younger coach? Yeah, I would just um, make sure that you're, you're more focused on your, you know, your lifestyle and your behavior, obviously be focused on your relationship with God and keeping him first place. But in a public you know, in a public setting, it's obviously a challenge because of the whole separation of church and state issue. But uh, people are going to, they're going to be able to size you up pretty, pretty quickly on, on where, where you stand. You know, they're going to, they're going to tell uh, by the way you talk, by the way you act and, you know, whether, you know, you're a believer or not, you know, and I think one of the things for me as a coach is I, I'm not going to use profanity, you know, no matter how upset that I get, you know, that's something that's different from the world. I'm going to separate myself from the world in that aspect. I'm, I'm not going to talk that way. I'm not going to lose my cool. And, and if I do make a mistake, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to, you know, be humble in that. And, um, you know, and just having a genuine concern and love for people, you know, reach out, reaching out and caring for people, you know, making those relationship connections, you know, letting people know that uh, you're praying for them. Um, you know, following up on, on different uh, needs that they may have, um, I think is important, you know, and inviting, you know, inviting people or coworkers to, to church with you, you know, or to Bible studies or whatever, you know, and not, not forcing that on them. You know, if, um, you know, if they, if they you know, look at your life and say, yeah, that's something that interests me. I want to be a part of that. You know, that's great. But, you know, I don't think you can, uh, you know, be the Holy Spirit. You know, you got to let the Holy Spirit do the work and, and uh, just, you know, try to encourage people the best you can. Coach Tibble, this has been uh, such a fun, fun chat. And 18 years later, just for us to, to get back together uh, via Zoom is, is just amazing. And, and uh, the reason we started this podcast was because we believe so strongly in the influence of a coach and a coach that's on fire for Christ. And I'm just sitting here thinking how crazy it is that, that you were that coach on fire for Christ. He made a difference in, in my life when I'm 14 years old. And now all these years later, I'm sitting here with, with 19 young people um, on my team under my care. And so I just want to say thanks for um, playing a role and, and uh, leading the way you did and, and influence in my life and look at the, the multiplication factor uh, through your faithfulness there as the freshman Danville High School coach. But I uh, just want to end with, is there anything we can be praying for you about right now? Yeah, just going on along with that last question, something just popped up with the, with the young coach in a public school. I'd encourage you to get involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You know, that's a that's a great partner for you, a great tool, great support group, and I know, you know, they're popular throughout throughout the entire country. So I would I would encourage that. And and Chad, I've had a lot of good memories as well as a coach, and you were definitely a part of that. And and uh, just to let your audience know, as a freshman, Chad was fourteen years old uh, and uh, we went to Paris our freshman team played uh, Paris's sophomore team I, I think you probably remember that and so we were on the road and playing a bigger school and came down to the wire and we, we set up a play for for Chad uh, to shoot a three at the uh, top of the key and and uh, he hit that he hit that game winner shot so that's a memory we'll always have and uh, that was a great uh, way that you executed that play so uh, that was, was a, great a great memory. Great memory for me. You uh, you drew That's it up. Right. I, got, I got enough picks, I think, to buy some time, and 
and get that shot off. But yeah, yeah. fun memory in, the, in a Hoosiers like uh, gym, if I remember correctly. That's right. That's right. No, but as far as prayer concerns, I just um, just just pray for our state right now. Uh, right now, we're one of the few states in Illinois that you know sports aren't aren't running right now. You know, uh, they shut down the fall sports and the winter sports. You know, basketball obviously is my passion. It's coming up in about a month, so I just pray that some of those restrictions will be removed and that we'll have we'll have a season. And uh, just also pray that um, you know that that God gives me wisdom and how to communicate, you know, to my team and and my own kids, you know, and and how to navigate through this challenging time. Well, let's pray. God, we just bow down before you and uh, just declare that you're God. Um, thank you so much just for calling us uh, your children, for saving us, uh, for connecting me uh, under Coach Tidwell's coaching. And uh, right now we just pray for, for all the coaches and players in Illinois and across the country that, that have had their passion and their sport removed. Uh, I just pray that you'll draw close to them in, in this tough situation, this broken situation. And give Coach Tidwell wisdom as he's leading that team and trying to keep them motivated moving forward. And, and as he leads his family and, and his son through, through this tough senior year. Um, God, we thank you for, for everything you're doing and, and everything you're going to do. And uh, we, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Chad, so thankful for Coach Tidwell and, and you talking to each other and reminiscing about the old days. Um, I really liked how intentional he was in staying humble and Christ-centered in the midst of the success at Bismarck High. For sure. And uh, you can just hear that he has a lot of scripture, you know, hidden in his heart that, that was coming out from that interview. Uh, many of it unscripted. You know, I didn't prepare him to ask about the gospel question, but he shared there for a minute or two very clearly uh, what the good news is. And um, yeah, I loved that conversation. Thankful for Coach Tidwell. Really excited about the impact he's continuing to have. Um, and Coach, just remember that the mission field is right where you're at. Mm -hmm.